Crack fans, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins for all you football fans. And now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out as well. In addition to the usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Maybe you're a fan of a lesser-heralded team. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions. I'm just speaking off the top of my head here. I don't know any Lions fans, but maybe you do, and maybe that hypothetical Lions fan has noticed the fact that Jared Goff seems to hit his passing yards number in every game these Detroit Lions have played thus far. What you're going to do, little same game parlay. You'll take the Detroit Lions as an underdog, as they so frequently seem to be. You'll take whichever of their skill position players. Maybe it's Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, the Jared Goff passing yards total. You're going to parlay them together, and it's going to make things even sweeter. In fact, you can throw down on step up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Here's how it works. You're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, that's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP-IN-ARIZONA, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 877-HOPE-NY in New York, OPGR.org in Oregon, call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. So frequently on this show, I find myself referring to that arbitrary two-thirds rule we've established here at Crack Rackets. Now, what is that a reference to? Well, typically in pro tennis, if you are winning two-thirds of your matches, you're continuing to progress up the rankings, whether that be making a bunch of quarterfinals at the futures level. Of course, all of those draws, round of 32 draws, you win two matches before losing that week. You'll continue to make quarterfinal rounds and you accumulate enough quarterfinals. You go from the futures level to the challenger level. Of course, you make that same quarterfinal run at the challenger level. Now you get the chance to play Grand Slam qualifying, play ATP Tour qualifying. You win two matches there, you get into main draws and so on and so forth. Well, this week on the Ace of the Day segment, the two-thirds rule, it applies to this show. That's right, folks. Through three days of picks, we're six and three. A two-thirds winning percentage up 2.03 units overall on the week. Now, that number, the up 2.03 units, it should be bigger. And I have been tentative in the wagers I've placed all week long. Simply put, I think it's been a really competitive week of tennis at just about every event we see at the 
tour level this week. Certainly some of Thursday's results epitomizing that fact. You had Katie McNally, a very impressive three-set victory over an informed Carolina Mukova. And while Mukova didn't play her best tennis throughout the course of the match, in particular set number three, the errors started to pile up. I have to give all the credit in the world to Katie McNally, who played on her terms from the start, whose first strike get to the net as soon as possible, hit the big first serve game style, has fit so well on the courts in Ostrava. McNally winning that match in three sets. You had Alicia Parks from a set down. She knocks off Maria Sakari in three sets. You look for Parks. Not only has she beaten Sakari this week, she beat Pliskova in round number one. Uh, Certainly, you go and look at some of the ATP side of things. There have been plenty of tight matches across the board, whether it's Miamir Kasmanovic's three reset victory over Yoshihito Nishioka, the fact that he had to fight off match points to earn a victory over Dan Evans. You had Nick Kyrgios push two three sets in Tokyo as well. Plenty of fun stuff in Astana. Stefano Tsitsipas, 6-6 six six with 19-year-old Luca Nardi. The reason I recap all of these matches is to express why, again, I have been tentative this week. There's been a lot of good tennis. Some of these conditions a little bit funky, whether it be you know, again, how low that ball stays in Ostrava, how slow those courts are in Astana. I think there have been reasons to, again, be conservative with the amounts we're placing on these matches. It also feels nice as a tennis fan when you don't have that much on the line. You get to kick your feet up that much more and just enjoy all of the action as a fan, which, of course, is how all of us who participate in this podcast, that's how all of our love of tennis started. With that said... I know there have been some upsets. I'm still really excited for another championship weekend in the pro tennis world, a weekend where we have four pro-level events, three of them, pro-level, excuse me, four tour-level events, three of them, 500-level tournaments. We've got plenty of top 10, 15, 20, 25 players still alive, plenty of players looking to stay competitive, if not potentially secure a spot in the year-end championships with their success this week. We have a red-hot Novak Djokovic, who I will continue to reiterate on this show, reiterate on the mini break podcast. If he's going to be this healthy and continue to play this well, he's not losing the rest of this 2022 season. His, what is he now on a five, six match win streak, whatever it is between Tel Aviv and this week. He just looks like Novak freaking Djokovic. And, you know, again, when that's your headline, first week of October, professional tennis world, things are probably going pretty well, of course. While we recap everything over on our mini break podcast feed, what I like to do on this show is try to preview each and every day in the pro tennis world and offer you my picks where I see value via our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, a massive shout out to our friends at DraftKings for their support of this show. They understand the necessity of, and I know I say this for the mini break too, but seriously, when we're pitching these daily podcasts to sponsors, we really try to communicate the message that every day in the tennis world is unique. And that word unique is overused. And I had a professor in college, I think I've been on this rant before, John U. Bacon, author, uh, writer for Free Press, Detroit News. Certainly he's got a couple books on his resume as well. I don't know why I'm giving you all the – I guess I have to give you the credentials of Professor Bacon so that – and yes, I know how great that is to say out loud, Professor Bacon. Um, I give you those credentials so that you understand why I take this – 
adage is probably the wrong word to use here, but by this piece of advice from him, he, you know, one of his things was pretty stupid. He always says, you're not brushing your teeth or, or you're not getting, excuse me, it wasn't brushing your teeth. It, or did you, br- uh, what was it? No, no, it was hair. That's what it was. It was, did, it wasn't, did you get your hair cut? It's like, did you get your hairs cut? Because if you only got a single haircut, then what are you actually doing? That was one of his running jokes. But one of his serious things was, you know, don't overuse the word unique. If you are going to call something unique, it better be one of a freaking kind. There better be nothing else like it in the world. Otherwise, it's not unique. It's just very different from everything else. But you've seen shades of it somewhere else. The point is, every day in the tennis world, is actually unique. Every day in the tennis world, you know, is a different first round set set of first round matches, a different set of second round matches. And I've said this before, but you know, Monday's results only matter until Tuesday. Tuesday's results till Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we're into championship weekend. And before you know it, you've got five more new events on the calendar for the next week. It's just it's a cycle that's never ending. And we're so grateful to our friends at DraftKings for providing us the support to provide all of you fans with the information. That's where this rant was going, folks. I promise, day in, day out. If you're ready to get in on the action, of course, go check out the DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got everything you are looking for. With that said, I only have one ace of the day as we look at Friday's quarterfinal matches. It is going to be a day where I will be kicking my feet up and enjoying being on the broadcast for Tennis Channel's T2 Samsung streaming service. And certainly I'm going to enjoy watching all of the action unfold because I think things are going to be tightly contested around the globe on Friday. I have a lot of overs on my board of potential picks, a lot of you know close game spreads, or you know if you're getting anything lopsided, anything above five and a half games on the plus side or you know if you're actually wanting to hit something I wouldn't go anything above three and a half games because if you think someone's going to win by more than one break in each set like I I just don't see that happening. Everyone's playing too well who has reached this stage of the event. And again, condition-wise, things are just a little bit too funky everywhere that I feel like anything could happen on any given day. With that in mind, I've got one ace of the day for all of you listeners. But as always, want to get into each and every match happening on quarterfinal Friday. Try to spend 30 seconds, a minute on each of them. Offer my thoughts. Offer the pitch for why that's the match you should take the time to watch in what is another busy day on the tennis calendar. With that said via our friends at DraftKings. Let's get into it. Here is today's GSP ace of the day. We're Team Alex on this show. Obviously, my name, Alex Gruskin, which I have gotten so used to saying out loud. I think I do it now just every 15 minutes on habit because when you're broadcasting, you know, every like third changeover, you got to reset things and just remind any new viewers who may have turned in Alex Gruskin here, etc., etc. So when I say hashtag Team Alex for the title of today's podcast, please know I don't mean Team Alex Gruskin, although I am on Team Alex Gruskin. I'm hashtag Team Alexandrova as ECAT. Ekaterina Alexandrova continues to be one of the players who has caught my attention the most throughout the course of this week's action. Simply put, we already knew the 27-year-old was in the midst of a career season, but she's just so clearly playing the best tennis of her career. And as someone who has always thrived on confidence, it's just remarkable to see how that confidence has this week and over the course of the past few months 
uh, really six months here, translated into just a jump in her level, a jump in her results. You look for the 27-year-old Alexandrova who entered the week uh, at a career-high number 21 in the rankings. It's been a really good 2022 season. She's 34-16 and 16 overall on the year. She passes our two-thirds rule. And while she's only made four quarterfinals, she's 4-0 in quarterfinal rounds heading into Ostrava, where she has reached her fifth quarterfinal of the season. She's 2-0 in finals this year, having won the title in Seoul, the last event she played prior to this week. So for what it's worth right now, Alexandrova is on a seven-match win streak. She won the title on the grass courts in the Netherlands earlier this season as well. You look for Alexandrova from an advanced metrics statistical standpoint. She is one of just eight players, excuse me, one of just nine players to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage on the season. You look for Alexandrova averaging a career-high 71.8% hold percentage. That's the lower of her two numbers. She's breaking serve 38.9% of the time, which is a top 15 number in the women's game. And while neither of those numbers on their own is elite, that both of them are at a minimum good, speaks to how well-rounded Alexandrova's game is, how she can attack Uh, you in a multitude of ways. First of all, from a movement perspective, the 27-year-old is not elite, but she's plenty fluid. Movement is never an issue for Alexandrova, regardless of the power of her opponent. She's so great at getting in and out of corners. She's been so good at getting low and, you know, getting her momentum through the ball on these low-bouncing courts in Ostrava. And Alexandrova's been exceptional this week. I talked about her three-set victory over Victoria Azarenka, a match I was on the broadcast for at length on Mondays, mini-break podcast, Tuesdays, whatever it was. Uh, For her today, a 6-1-7-6 victory over Daria Kasatkina, where the match was played on Alexandrova's terms. And she hasn't served particularly great this week. She made 52% of her first serves against uh, Azarenka, only 56% against Kasatkina here today. And yet, you look for uh, for Alexandrova was only broken three times, and I say only three times because, of course, Daria Kasakina, second on the WTA Tour in break percentage this season. Her 49.3% break percentage would be a standout stat of the year if we didn't have someone breaking over 53% of the time, which we do, of course, in Iga Sviantek. And it didn't matter. The match was still played on Alexandrova's uh, term. She took every... Honestly, first serve, but more more importantly, every second serve return. And, you know, Kasakina will hang some curveball of second serves. She took all of them early on the rise and just had Kasakina constantly in defensive positioning, constantly on the run, and did enough damage with her first strike that, you know, as good as Kasakina was on defense, she was in such a disadvantageous position that there was nothing Kasakina t- could do. And, you know, again, there's no definitive weakness in the game of Alexandrova. She's streaky. There's no doubt about that. And there are days when, because she hits so flat, the ball is either A, sailing on her repeatedly, or B, constantly ending up in the net. And when the errors pile up, obviously that's when we get the disappointing Alexandrova performances, but we haven't had that in two weeks now. And again, on this surface in particular, with how well she drives the ball, how well she seems to be moving the ball and moving her contact point to the ball when she is swinging... Dare I say, I might like Alexandrova. I think Alexandra, let me say it like this. I Well, I don't know, man. Krachikova's in the draw. I was going to say, who's the biggest threat to Iga? I mean, she plays Katie McNally tomorrow. Katie McNally and her doubles partners, and they won the 2018 Junior French Open title together in doubles. I believe McNally beat Sviantek in the semifinals of the Junior French Open 
singles draw that year, and then Sviantek goes on to win Wimbledon afterwards at the junior level. Excuse me. Point is, Ecat's playing her best tennis, and I simply think she's just too much tomorrow as she takes on Teresa Martinsova. Martinsova, really nice victory over Conteve today. You know, straight up outplayed her in the first set, and I know Conteve had to retire due to a back injury, but. I didn't think Conteve's level was particularly poor in that opening set. That said, as good as Martinsova's been on the hard courts, and I had the chance to see her in Cincinnati, she just hits the ball so relentlessly aggressive from that baseline. She had a really good hard court season despite the record. You just look at who the losses are to. Round of 16, Washington loses to Azarenka. Qualifies in Toronto. Tough first-round loss to a seeded Benchich. Qualifies in Cincinnati. Uh, Second-round loss to Annette Conteve in three sets. Loses to Diane Perry in Granby. Kanepi at the U.S. Open. Rabakina in Porteros. Rabaka goes on to make the final. Conteve in Tallinn. Conteve goes on to make the final. And, of course, Martinsova beat her here today. Uh, Martinsova's played better than her 22-24 and 24 overall record here in 2022 would indicate, and you look for the soon-to-be 28-year-old. I mean, it's the regression she plays within her ball as well, staying low, flat on these courts, her ability to take that ball a little bit early. It helps her. That said, I just think Alexandrova does everything a little bit better than Martinsova. Certainly, it starts with the serve, but I think she puts more returns in play. I think the Martin Silva forehand can get a little bit big, and so she can spray a little bit on the return sometime. I do think Martin Silva will be able to t- keep this match close, and if you want to hit the over tomorrow, I don't think that's a bad decision for this match. Over two and a half sets in this one, minus, uh, or excuse me, plus 145, over 21 and a half games, minus 110. That said, I just like the matchup for ECAT, who on this surface, because her serve, you know, she's got a very solid serve. I think it's amplified here in Ostrava. I think it's the sort of serve that will give the Martin Sova return all sorts of problems. I also just think, again, from a confidence standpoint, Alexandrova is in command. She's 4-0 in quarterfinals this season, into her fifth now here this week. On the flip side, you look for Martin Sova, 22-24 overall on the year. This is her third quarterfinal of the season, first since June on the grass courts of Nottingham. Team Alexandrova here on today's show. We're going to back the 27-year-old to continue her ascension up the rankings. We'll take her minus three and a half games tomorrow over Martin Sova. One break per set, four and four, five and five victory, maybe one lopsided set, maybe a set that goes to a breaker so we can hit that over as well. A three and six win for those of you who want to hit the over. I feel like, what, that's nine plus 13. I guess that's 22. And the over-under is what, for games-wise, it's 21 and a half. So you really need three and six uh, because we're getting the four-game spread, folks, I promise. Maybe you don't hit the over in that case, or maybe you hedge with the over uh, because you're not as certain in Alexandrova as I am. But my eyes tell me Alexandrova is playing as well as a Krachikova this weekend. You know, Iga Ziga. So she's in a different category, regardless of the eye test, because I think she can just rate. Again, you're just not doubting Iga, given the season that she's had. That said, I feel very good about a Katarina Alexandrova. I feel this is the only pick I feel confident in as I look in the board. So let's ride with Alexandrova. Still going to play conservative. Half a unit on that minus 150 to win 0.33 in return. But folks, 
That's your single ace of the day. Hashtag Team Alexandrova. That said, of course, want to look at the board as I am so excited for all of tomorrow's quarterfinal action. Of course, it starts about 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern time-ish on the East Coast, and we'll carry through all day. Of course, we've also got our Cracked Rackets coverage of the ITA All-American Fall Championships. You want to know who the next college tennis star to break through on the pro level might be? Go watch the ITA All-Americans. Very excited to get back in the broadcast booth for that tomorrow after my T2 shift is complete. But Again, you get your full fix of tennis tomorrow, and I've alluded to some of these matchups. Sviantek minus 750 over Katie McNally, who's plus 500, but perhaps even more intriguing. You can get McNally plus five and a half games, plus 110. When McNally serves this well, you just have to respect her level. And what's the difference for Katie McNally going up against Iga Sviantek? And I know Iga Nation sometimes gets... Well, um, they're, they're just so kind to this podcast, and I don't want to offend them in any way possible. But look, McNally's beaten Iga before. And I'm not saying she disrespects Iga, but it's one thing to see Iga Sviantek world number one. It's another thing to see Iga Sviantek player I partnered with to win the 2018 French Open doubles title. There's just going to be a level of respects the a level of institutional know-how is the best way I can think to phrase it for Katie McNally when it comes to the game of Iga Sviantek. And yeah, it's a completely different Iga. But this surface is very advantageous to Katie McNally, who reaches her fourth pro quarterfinal, first at the 500 level in uh, Ostrava. I'm not saying better plus 500, but plus five and a half games, plus 110 with her serve can hit big to that forehand return over and over again, maybe coax some errors out of it. She'll continue to press forward and try and put Iga under pressure. Of course, I expect Iga to win the match. And I think I hear Iga Nation overhead right now coming after me. They heard I'm doubting the world number one. I'm not. I'm taking her to win the match. But I'm also saying Katie McNally keeps this close. And if you don't like the plus five and a half games, how about over 19 and a half games? You need six, three, uh, you know, six, four, six, four. I feel like that could be the score. Minus 105. That sounds interesting. Rabakina Kavitova. Do you like power tennis? Two members of Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club. Rabakina minus 120. That's where I would lean as well. Kavitova, two, three set wins to get to this point of the event. I think Rabakina's. I li- I just like again Rabakina a little bit better right now uh, than I do Kavitova. Not a lot. You know, again, I like the fact that her backhand's going to be well suited to handle the leftiness of Kavitova. And while Kvitova strikes the ball so purely, is she moving as well as she once did? Or does Rabakina have the sort of weapons that can maybe explode? Exploit is how you say that word. I think my mouth fell asleep on me there. You can exploit the movement of Petra Kvitova. So I would be backing Rabakina here, minus 120. Maybe you take the over in this match, over two and a half sets. Uh, currently listed at plus 135. You can get over 21 and a half games as well at minus 110. A tiebreaker happens, you're probably going to hit the over. Uh, so maybe that's the bet for you. Of course, last but certainly not least, Barbara Krachikova taking on Alicia. Parks. I've loved Parks' serve. I think it's going to give opponents trouble regardless of who they are. That said, Krachikova, despite playing limited matches this season, she's also one of the nine women to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage. And if you've watched her over the past week and a half, you don't think it's outlandish to say 2021 Barbara Krachikova is back. And by the way, she turns 26 or she's 26 years old, turns 27 in December because um, I think she's a fellow 95er. Uh, yeah, that's not old. That's prime of your career. And yeah, she got injured. It slowed her down. It took her some time to recover. Again, 
I think she's recovered, folks. Uh, so I like her there, minus 650. It's just the game spread, minus 4.5. I respect Parks' serve too much to expect more than a single breakout of Krachikova in each set of play. That said, that's your action in Ostrava right now. McNally, uh, excuse me, Sviantec, 72.4% chance of winning the event. According to Tennis Abstract, Iga's going to win, Alexandrova's going to win, Krachikova's going to win, and Kvitova is going to win. So that's your tennis abstract singles forecast and a look at tomorrow's Ostrava action. Let's move over now to the action in Monastir. I honestly think all favor all four favorites are going to win. Cornet minus 300, Kudermatova minus 450, Jabur minus 500, Mertens minus 575. The problem is if you bet on each of those matches, the odds are just not that great for a four-person parlay. And if you're not going to get great odds on a four-leg parlay, then uh, honestly, it's just not worth wagering the bet because, again, one person loses and you're entirely in trouble. We're taking four favorites tomorrow and it's plus 129. It's just not enough juice. I thought about it because you look, Cornet, just a more solid hard, you know, both grinders, Hearn Zidancic, Zidancic had to play another tough three-setter today against Potapova, Cornet, three and four over Harriet Dart yesterday. She's got the 48 uh, additional 24 hours, excuse me, of rest. Cornet, according to the numbers, a 70.5% favorite. Like, I do think she wins. I think minus 300's in the parlay zone. The problem is tomorrow's game spreads in Monastir are just laughable. To get Alize Cornet, you have to take minus four and a half games and Again, that's just too much. Um, but Kudermatova taking on Diane Perry. Perry, of course, tricky. I think a lot of you listeners know by belief in her already. But the Kudermatova serve and first strike game plan is just so perfectly suited to knock out Perry. So, you know, again, game spread for Kudermatova, also minus four and a half tomorrow. No thank you. Jabir minus 500. I like Claire Lou too much to make that wager. And again, you look for Jabir tomorrow from a game spread perspective. She's minus five and a half, as is Elisa Mertens. And I'm just not taking Elisa Mertens after what we saw in the first set of her win over Papa McHale uh, to win by more than five and a half games. So no thank you there. That said, you look at the draw in Monastir. Jabir, 54.3% favorite. Kudermatova, 24.7. Mertens, 10.9%. The winners, according to them, Jabir, Mertens, Cornet, Kudermatova. So, in line with Tennis Abstract. Whether that's good or bad, I suppose I'll let all of you listeners be the judge. With that said, let's look at tomorrow's men's matches. They're going to be excellent. I'm taking the overs, over two and a half sets, over 22 and a half, 23 and a half games in just about all of them. You know, Tiafo's minus 190 against Kazmenovic tomorrow. I do think I should take Francis to win, and you can get him minus two and a half games over Kazmenovic, minus 115. I want to make an on-the-fly adjustment. I really do, because I think Francis has played so well since the start of the U.S. Open. We saw what he was able to do at Laver Cup. I think Kesmanovic coming off of two physical three-set matches against Nishioka, uh, against Dan Evans today as well. You know, I, how much gas does he have left in the tank? Obviously, Kesmanovic started out the year as maybe the breakout star of the first month of the ATP on the ATP Tour. But I just... Again, I, I just don't feel great about that one. So, I, because Kesmenovic is so rock solid, because Kes, it is two out of three sets, and Kesmenovic about as fit laterally, as fit of a mover as you're going to find on tours. So, uh, again, I kind of like, uh, I, I mean, I definitely do, uh, excuse me, like Tiafo in tomorrow's match. Minus two and a half games over Kesmenovic, minus 115 from an odds perspective. Of course, money line is what scared me away. He was minus 205. Now he's down to minus 190. So what don't I know uh, heading into this one? That's just a stay away from me. 
Quan Sin Wu minus 250 over Pedro Martinez. I actually like Pedro Martinez's plus 195 money line maybe as much as I like anything uh, from an underdog perspective on the board tomorrow. That match is just going to get physical as such. I don't want to get burned on either side of the equation. Kyrgios, Fritz, both three set winners. Fritz did not play well against Maria. Uh, Kyrgios certainly got his act together down the home stretch of a player whose name I am currently blanking on. It is is, I believe, uh, oh, Camille Mychek, of course, that's who it was, the three-step victory over Camille Mychek. Um, Kyrgios is minus 195, he has moved down, he opened, his line was minus, uh, uh, moved in value, he was minus 180 to open, now up to minus 195. I mean, Fritz won today's match, he looked at his coaching box, and he said, I suck, and you look for Taylor Fritz, who, of course, last week tested positive for COVID, he was in isolation the entire week, that can't be good for a person's tennis game. That's a stay away or the over. And you want to take the over 23 and a half games minus 110, the over two and a half sets. I can ex- uh, understand that as well. Ditto for George Shapovalov. You know, Shapo's playing so well over the course of the past week and a half. That said, today, Borna George drops just nine points on serve, does not face a break point. Straight set victory for him. Very impressive over Brandon Nakashima. Again, I'm taking the over in that match. I do not want to wager on that one. That one's just going to get physical. It's going to get funky. It's going to be very, very fun. That said, according to Tennis Abstract, Sun Wukwan, 64% favorite. Tiafo, 65%. Kyrgios, 56.6. Chorich, 58.8 over Shapo. So that is your action in Tokyo. Last but certainly not least is the action in Nursultan. If you can throw Andre Rublev into a parlay, he's minus 380 right now against Manorino. Now, that's down from minus 425, but I test-wise, I just feel like Rublev's forehand can hit through any court, and just about no one can hit through these Astana courts. You know, yes, Manorino keeps that ball low and flat. It might give Rublev some troubles in his strike zone, but no, I'll take Andre Rublev minus 380 here. You know, Stefano Tsitsipas is 6-1 in his career. 6-2, uh, excuse me, against Hubi Hercots. That's a shockingly high number. And you look for Tsitsipas, who uh, lost to Hercots three sets Miami this year, lost three sets Canada Masters back in 2019. These guys have played a ton of three-set matches over the year. In fact, you look in their uh, seven tour-level matches, six of the seven tour-level matches have gone three sets. You know what I'm about to do, folks? A thousand percent tweet out that stat as we get ready for Nur Sultan. Tsitsipas minus 125. I'll take the over, whether it's over 23 and a half games minus 110 over two and a half sets plus 130 that one's fun Djokovic six and one against Hatchinov I love Hatchinov always as a dog plus 425 is fun but not against this version of Novak Medvedev minus 270 against RBA RBA is a guy who has had Medvedev's number four and one against the former world number one is RBA that said Medvedev minus 270 I mean, RBA, Medvedev, each two of the, I believe, 13 players to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage this season. Now, on the flip side, Medvedev is one of just eight players to rank top 20 in both hold and break percentage. RBA, one of 12 players to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage. The serve holding RBA back. (sighs) Again, on a slow, high-bouncing hard court, how is Medvedev going to get a ball by RBA? Is his serve going to be as effective as usual? 
all the same questions apply to RBA, and it's well, I'll continue to be fooled into picking him, uh, Medvedev, every time he plays RBA. I would lean Medvedev, but to stay away from me unless I'm hitting the over, because I think that one's a battle now, according to Tennis Abstract. Tsitsipas, Rublev, Djokovic, Medvedev, all favored to advance to the quarterfin- uh, semifinals. Yeah, that would be a pretty, pretty fun weekend of action. With that said, that is your look. That, those, let's try that English again. With that said, that's your look at the next 24 hours on the ATP and WTA Tour. Certainly going to be very exciting at the tour level. But don't forget, we've got the ITA All-American action on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Join myself, Daniel Westoff, as we enjoy some of the best college tennis players in the world doing the thing each of them love to do. Of course, speaking of which, shout out to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an ending job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. With that said... Our pick, our ace of the day for the next 24 hours of action, Friday, October 7th. Give me Alexandrova, minus three and a half games over Martin Sova, half a unit to win .33 at minus 150 odds. With that said, via our friends at DraftKings, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, those friends at DK, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Enjoy the tennis, everyone. Thank you.